Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're not, like, punking me by just telling me the plot of The Rock or anything, are you? No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I really <laughs> missed an opportunity. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are going over to the West Coast, the best coast, people say, the Gold Coast, yeah. California. We've done this uh, a few times on the show. It's fun to sort of pick a place mm-hmm. and dive into it and try to get a sense of the local folklore, local haunted spots. Yeah. And uh, historically, I think, when we've done it on the show, we usually pick somewhere. We look at our statistics, mm-hmm. right? We can see the stats of... Who listens to this show? Who watches this show? Right. And it's been fun. We've picked places that like never listen to us. Yes. To see what happens if we put a, a spotlight on them. So we did. Yeah. Like, will our numbers start booming in Alaska or in what was it? Wyoming. Exactly. The answer is no. Yeah. It, it gets, it seems like we had a, maybe a nudge, mm-hmm. but they're still at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. This time we've decided to uh, praise. Yes. Praise reward. some territories. Yes. This is your reward. <laughs> yeah. We're going to check out California because that is the state that listens to Guide to the Unknown the most. Yep. Granted, it's a very big place. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a cheat. But But our stats are specific enough that I can tell you it's not just that, you know, California has a a gigantic population. Mm -hmm. Individual Cities. cities, I can see. In our stats. Yep. And yeah, San Francisco and Los Angeles Mm -hmm. are two of the highest Guide to the Unknown Territories. Right. Yeah. Which is very cool. Thank you. We do quite well there. So thank you very much to all you Californians out there. Yeah. I bet Mrs. Doubtfire is telling everyone about us. Oh. That's probably what it is. (laughs) Euphigenia is spreading the word. (laughs) Euphigenia. Of course you know Mrs. Doubtfire's first name. (laughs) Of course. Who doesn't? Me. (laughs) Well, now I do, so I'm no longer on that list. Um, To be fair, I knew it anyway, but I I think it's probably top of mind because I reposted something that somebody had made that was like (laughs) Mrs. Doubtfire styled like the logo for Euphoria, which is is Zendaya, with like a glittery tear like running down her cheek, and they put Euphigenia instead of Euphoria. And is it instead of the glitter down the cheek, it's Mrs. Doubtfire with the pie on the face? No, no, it was glitter or something. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. If I could just punch (laughs) it up a little bit, that would be my decision. If you could could offer a note. If I could. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I have covered uh, some material from San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And Kristen has covered a few things from uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, with a little help from our friends, Dan Aykroyd. Oh, brilliant. I was like a little bit into researching already just on my own when I found a list of five places that Dan Aykroyd Has been. recommends. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, haunted places he recommends people visit in L.A. Awesome. One of them I could find no information about whatsoever, so I couldn't do it. Oh. But, um, well, no, like I found the place, but there was nothing about it being haunted. Yeah, yeah. And his little blurb about it was just that um, some of the wait staff has told him that they've encountered things, but it doesn't seem like high on the radar. It's a place called the Edison, I think it's called. It's definitely the Edison. I'm trying to think of whether it's 
the Edison or the Edison bar. And the only little thing I found about it besides Aykroyd is that there is a bar in the back called the Ghost Bar, which perhaps some spirits stopped by. But I couldn't tell whether it was a pun or a joke or I what know, was going yeah. on. So. There's some spirits in the bar. Yeah, right. And if Dan Aykroyd's in there, you know that he's bringing along some crystal skull. Oh, yeah. And talking about how it contains, you know, no glycerides. <laughs> Try to sell it. Play some right. harmonica. Call it a night. <laughs> I forgot he plays harmonica. He brings it with him wherever he goes. <laughs> Look, it's good to have on hand. I guess if you're Dan Aykroyd, yeah, uh-huh. it's a tool of the trade. <laughs> so uh, I want to start by offering you a um, an urban legend. Great. From San Francisco. This is a local urban legend that I really enjoy. I, I looked at a lot of different lists about cryptids and mm-hmm. haunted places. This one came from Quora. Um, so there's an urban legend that the Golden Gate Bridge, the icon of San Francisco, yes, uh, contains the bodies of dead construction workers oh god who helped assemble the bridge in the first place that's uh, like um when we did the spirits of somerset county and there are factually the bodies of migrant workers in the delaware river by oh my, my house god, that's yeah. right i forgot about that mm-hmm. yeah this is well i was gonna say this is something that comes up all the time yeah like a lot of the country and you know the globe is built off the backs of people mm-hmm. almost literally yeah in the case of you know people that are built into the stone architecture of a wall or a bridge or who knows what anyway so that rumor also you know pertains to the golden gate bridge so the idea being you know as they're pouring concrete somebody falls in they just keep know, pouring they just keep pouring <laughs> You know, there's no time. There's no time. So there's just human bodies lining it. God. So it turns out, as far as anyone knows, that's not true right. of the Golden Gate Bridge. But I do have some information about people who have died in the course of building it. So the Golden Gate Bridge was constructed in the 30s. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's a quote from uh, Quora talking about how 11 men died building the bridge, but they are not inside it. Okay. Quote The rule of thumb in those days. Uh, was that for every million dollars spent on a project, one person would die. Oh, my God. That was just Why considered... Why even have that? I know. Yeah. It was just considered to be in the 30s, Who calculated the 1930s. that stat? What's the, what's the point, some even? Some maniac, some, like, yeah. Mr. Burns, you know? <laughs> like, uh, yes, well, we'll lose a few workers on the way. I gotta tell you, it's a quick PSA. Um, I watched an episode of The Simpsons that's like new last night. I think it was from season 32 or something. It was on Disney+. Plus. It was so funny. Really? Yeah, I was really kind of surprised. Ryan put it on and I was like, eh, I've heard that like yeah. Latter-day Simpsons kind of sucks. It was really funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was a Burns-centric episode too. It was, uh, well, that'll he, do it. Right. He he um, basically did an undercover boss thing where he like went to a robot and tried to act like one of the guys to yeah. find out stuff. And it was extremely funny. That's pretty funny. Yep. It's a pretty funny premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember I've tuned into the Simpsons in the modern day and been like, maybe people are just being too harsh on this thing. It's too so easy to I... dogpile and just be like, it's not what it was when Conan O'Brien wrote for it. He wrote it for, for like a few years. I know. 30 years ago. I was really surprised. I, I was like laughing out loud at things. Yeah. It was really funny. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, there was a rule of thumb. For every million dollars you spend on a project, one person will die. Okay. That's an acceptable yeah, right. loss. So the Golden Gate Bridge was planned to cost $37 million. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, thankfully, That's a lot of people dying. 
the rule of thumb appeared to be off. It's it's on the record, evidently, just 11 people died. Oh, no biggie. But here's, here's how a lot of them happened. In 1937, a scaffold that had been built underneath a five-ton platform gave away, and there's a safety net it was supposed to land on. It broke through the safety net, sending uh, 12 men into uh, falling down 220 feet down to the water. That's horrible. Ten of them died. That's Two of horrible. them uh, uh, were rescued, thankfully. So I said 11 people died. There was one additional person that died in a completely unrelated just accident. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, that's to dispel sort of the overall myth that there are bodies inside the Golden Gate Bridge. How could that be? I know. It's just so weird. Yeah, yeah. No, know? it's totally worth it, mentioning. I, I do think it happens. You think people die and then they just pour concrete over them while they're, like, building? I don't know if it's literally that or it's, like, you know. I think about, like, maybe, like, super-duper old stuff where it's, like, somebody died and then they seal up their body and... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like, they don't callously just look at some dude in a hard hat who fell face (laughs) face first in some concrete and just pour (laughs) over him. You know, he's like, I'm alive! (laughs) I'm fine! I didn't hear anything, did you? So are you talking about some, like, cask of Amontillado shit where, like... (sighs) But not murder. Like, I think somebody just died. But why would they be in a wall like that? Um, I don't know. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Great Wall of China, because this is the other place where I've heard this myth before, and maybe it's straight up just a myth. Uh-huh. There is a bunch of racist stuff that I, I, I have to dispel as well. I mean, always. Bodies inside. And I'm not just talking about David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got out. According he went to... straight through. <laughs> right. So that didn't even cross my mind. I completely forgot. On yeah. Patreon soon, we have to watch David Copperfield clips. I, we've been talking about that for literal years. We've, we really, really we have to do. do it. So according to the History Channel, yes, there are dead bodies inside the Great Wall of China. Much of the labor force during construction consisted of convicts and soldiers. Some 400,000 of them died constructing the wall and many were buried inside it. And they're saying that's true? Yeah. Huh. That's Quora again. This is w- the top source. I mean, yeah, I, I don't remember the reason, but I think that it's true about the river in Somerset. Like, that wasn't just an urban legend. There's a reason, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, this is more, there's there's always a more nuanced answer. And mm-hmm. this is Jeffrey Ma, who gives a, a, a response to Quora's answer here, saying, it is unclear if there are bodies in the Great Wall of China. Okay. Um, there were no bricks. Workers used local resources to construct the walls. Constructing walls was hard labor and hundreds of thousands died. Historical documentation from later dynasties claimed there were bodies within the Great Wall. However, the bodies weren't exactly used for the insides. The workers lacked the manpower to dig graves for the deceased workers, so they buried the bodies within the rammed earth, stone, etc. So basically... Historians from post-King dynasties claim that there were bodies, but we can't verify it. Mm-hmm. So it is a bit of an urban legend itself. Yeah. But it's something that like I, I've certainly heard before, and I guess nobody's saying, no, that's impossible. I think in those instances may like where people are kind of like forced into hard labor like that maybe in instances like that it's done for whatever reason like well because they're they're truly like and i don't know what the conditions of the 1930s would be like mm. we're talking about like you know around the depression yeah right you know so like i don't know if they were like you know we're in the money and let's build the bridge and everyone's gonna you know make plenty of money to bring food home uh-huh. you know for their families or if it was like 
we don't care. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to use their like a miser. sweat. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. like if they die in service of building my bridge, so be it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, right. I, I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. But all I can tell you is that it is it is dispelled the, the notion that yeah. there are bodies inside specifically the Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Of course, I retain my belief that there are body, bodies literally all around us. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there are bodies like beneath this house every house yeah i do think that how can there, there not be yeah I, there are bodies under everything bodies far, far under oh yeah but yes they're down there yeah and they're coming up <laughs> <laughs> they're coming for you <laughs> Run! Um, let me just, new orleans let me just uh let me just stay on real quick because Please. i want to just uh, i mentioned that there was like a racist thing i wanted to spell okay so there's another sort of urban legend that there are tunnels underneath chinatown in san francisco that like were used for human trafficking and opium dens and stuff. And it's not true. Okay. Um, which is real yeah. weird, but I, I've got a very fascinating article. And by the way, all these links are going to be in the show notes, gttupod.com. Um, there was like this really, really interesting uh, article that I found from sfgate.com about how tourists, like, like tour guides mm-hmm. actually would, um, sell the notion of Chinatown in San Francisco being a place of just to witness the 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 massive cultural divide uh-huh. and the otherness of Chinese people living in San Francisco. So they would they would sell essentially this notion that like yeah the Chinese people living in San Francisco are all you know doing opium and sneaking around in rooms and hiding in the tunnels. That is so and... friggin' rude. Are they taking them through Chinatown on tours? And yes. like saying that. Yes, That's and horrible. and making stuff up entirely, which is kind of unbelievable. One of their favorite tricks I'm reading was convincing tour groups that they were traveling through underground tunnels up to seven feet below the street. That they were traveling through these? Yes, that's what I thought what? too. But we've got this from former San Francisco police chief Jesse Brown Cook, who described how it worked, saying, In order to deceive people, the Chinese guides would take them in on Grant Avenue between California and Sacramento streets down into a cellar. From this, they would go downstairs into another cellar and so on, sometimes going into six or seven different cellars. And okay. they would say, We're going deeper and deeper and deeper. They weren't really. Okay, that's kind of so. Wait, also these tour guides themselves were Chinese, so I I guess I don't know. I I mean, I have less of a problem with that if it's Chinese people taking them through Chinatown. If it's like some sort of like weird tourists who are like, oh, let me see the the scary Chinatown. They're like, look, here's our horrible cellar. I guess. To, and like to, taking their money. It's better to me. Honestly, whatever than, whatever people got to do to survive, as long as it's not just yeah. completely exploiting. Well, that's what People. I'm saying. I much prefer that it's a person maybe who lives in Chinatown than somebody who is not Chinese taking people through there. Yeah, but and it being created like, a racist myth. How scary. It created a racist myth that continues even like, you know, decades or a hundred years later. I'm not saying it's good. I told you about when I uh, I went to India for my last job mm-hmm. and we were walking through, I don't, I don't even remember what we were doing, but there was a dude that was crouching between a couple of vans in a parking lot. Yeah. It was clear that he was like, no one's supposed to see me doing this. <laughs> and he, he was dressed up like what an American would expect, like a snake charmer to look like. Uh-huh. And he had a cobra uh-huh. in a wicker basket and he was pretending to play a flute, but just making eye contact with us. 
just watching us to be like, come over here and give me money. I'm putting on the show. Yeah, like I'm putting on the, what, the sort like, of like racist, like what you want, the stereotype show. Yeah, I'm putting on for you, and it's both for me. It was both like incredibly like sad and but disturbing because he thinks that's what it takes. Yeah, and also like and it probably that's works his a lot impression of, the time. of me. Yeah. That, like, that's what I want. Yeah. But, like, I'm looking at this snake, and listen, snakes freak me out. I'm not I'm not running away from I'm not Bam Margera <laughs> crying. But, like, I, I, you know, I look at a snake, and to me, I have, like, a weird, you know, instinctive memory in me of, like, I'm a caveman. I need to run up a tree and hide. I When we went to um, the aquarium and zoo for Zoe's birthday, I zoomed right by the snake part. Yeah, yeah. No need for me to stop and look. They're behind glass. I know. Really? Kristen so... just wanted to find the pigs and, and sniff. <laughs> oh, I love the smell of the pig <laughs> the pig area. So <laughs> I don't think we joke about me like that on the show. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, sorry. I forgot. I forgot that's purely for, for our our personal it's a, reality. It's a lifelong running joke that, <laughs> that I'm Kristen's, disgusting. That Kristen's gross. <laughs> like, yeah, she loves like, you know, the monkey house at the zoo. <laughs> like, that's where you always find her. For breathing example, deep. When you <laughs> <laughs> when you and the family came over last week, I was bringing out garbage and Allie said, Oh, Kristen, you brought a snack? <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's just a thing. I don't know if the GTG listeners know I that. Think, I don't think God the Unknown's been in on that. We do have a pretty strong divide between our personal life and show life. I have to Decent, say, yeah. I'm pretty proud of us for maintaining that yeah. pretty neatly. Yeah. Anyway, so I saw this guy in India who clearly was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm mm-hmm. one for probably like he's probably not supposed to be getting paid money just on the street for whatever. Yeah, you probably need like a permit or something. But also it felt like or, a, sh- a shameful kind of thing of like, I'm selling my culture or or yeah this is what this is what this fat american wants yeah i gave him mm-hmm. money yeah i, I mean you know I, I didn't know what to do honestly yeah, totally. i i walked over because i kind of couldn't believe what i was seeing mm-hmm. and like honestly it the snake did not look happy oh god you know like if it was the flintstones he would have gone it's a living <laughs> William, never forget that somebody came up to me in the middle of the night in New York City and just put a snake on my shoulders. Ooh. Never forget. I did forget. It's horrible. I was, what? Yeah. I was outside a bar, like, in the middle of the night uh, in, in the city, and I was, like, talking to somebody and smoking, probably, and then all of a sudden there was, like, a giant Britney Spears python on my shoulders, and I was like, ah, 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 oh. and somebody wanted me to pay for them to take a picture of me with the snake. So they were like entrapping me right. and I was just like, no, get off me, get off, get off, get off. Yeah. Oh my God. What a nightmare. I know. What a way to make a lit. Just coming up to drunk people in the middle yeah. of the night and putting a snake on them. Why do you associate with that with Britney Spears? Because, because of, I'm a slave for you on the VMAs. <laughs> oh, of course. How could I forget the her performance at the VMAs of I'm a slave for you? I would say that that's what a lot of people only think of when they think of Britney Spears. Well, if this was the Flintstones, the snake would have gone, oops, I did it again. Oh my God. God, show over. <laughs> like not the episode, the show. Yeah. Anyway, so like it was this whole like, you know, it's just like a racist myth that continues to this yeah. day based on the notion of like, come visit San Francisco. We've got a Chinatown and boy, are people crazy. Man. Which is just like, shut up. Not good. And it, and it lingers. It lingers now. Like you see people talk about like how that's true and mm. it's it's just not true. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah something else for that 
You want me to? No, that's that was the end of that one. Okay. <laughs> no, there's no happy ending to that one. <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt. No. Okay, I'll jump in. Let me take her away. So let's talk about the Queen Mary. Okay. Which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Queen Mary in episode 53 of Guides the Unknown, in case anybody wants to go more in depth. Um, here's a word from Aykroyd about the Queen Mary. Oh, yeah. Do it in his voice. No. <laughs> I can't do that. Here, you want to do it? You're no, I, I, I kind of want to hear your Aykroyd. This is one of the most haunted venues in the world. It has, I can't. That was pretty good, to be honest. All right, you can ditch it, but that was pretty good. It has a loop ghost. So he's talking about like a uh, residual, haunting. residual haunting. It has a loop ghost, a little girl. I think her name is Rachel, and she recurs in the pool. Apparently, she drowned there. She's been taped on video. You can get her on YouTube. There's a couple of pictures of her online. There was also a guy who was an engineer and he was playing around with one of the hatch doors and he got chopped, <laughs> chopped in half and he apparently haunts the engine room. Good God. It's a beautiful place to spend the <laughs> night. I slept like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe we talk about the uh, engineer who, that he mentioned in episode 53. So if you want to go back and find out about that, you can do that. Um, because we talked about it in episode 53, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't re retracing our steps. So I went looking for people's reviews of the Queen Mary oh, okay. that I could read and found some pretty surprising ones. This is the first one I came across. They'll get, they'll get a little better than this, right? Okay. Yeah. I think I have at least one that's better. Okay. okay. This one is from TripAdvisor and it's from the user Disappointed. Great. Who wrote this review on uh, in October of 2021, and the title is "Great Time." Funny smell. Oh. We went on a tour. It was great. It was a great time, except there was this dead smell. It followed us all over the ship. We could not escape it. What was it? A rotting corpse? A dead animal? No, it was something even more deadly. We found out it was the Taco Bell my wife had eaten the night before. What? Her silent but deadly gas almost made us ghost. What? Wait a minute. I'll read this again. Oh, my God. We went on a tour. It was a great time, except there was this dead smell. It followed us all over the ship. We could not escape it. What was it? A rotting corpse, a dead animal. No, it was something even more deadly. We found out it was the Taco Bell my wife had eaten the night before. Her silent but deadly gas almost made us ghost. Uh, okay. All right. Boy, there's so much to that. Mm-hmm. So number so one, when I was first reading this before yeah. I got to the end, I was like, oh, okay. So it was like a weird, like olfactory sense yeah, was course. kicking in. Yeah. But no, it was the Taco Bell that Disappointed's wife had eaten the night before. Did he ding? That was following them everywhere. Did he ding his review? Like in his review, did he not give full marks because his wife was farting? Good question. I'm not sure what. Right? His rating was. What does yeah. this have to do with anything? And also, nothing. He was having. He was being funny. How do you feel if your spouse? I know calls you out like is, that. Is posting about your Taco Bell farts on the <laughs> no, internet. on the Queen Mary. You know what I mean? Also, I feel bad for everybody in the Queen Mary. Feel bad for everyone except for disappointed. Except for this person. I know. Yeah. Okay. What a marriage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Something else. Okay. This next one is from Robin Fisher in July of 2019. Now this person seems. Like a like fun. Okay. I would like to get to know Robin Fisher. Uh, title: Stories are better than a single night's sleep. They say it's haunted. 
I don't care what it is. I didn't bat an eye. Do I care? No. Because all my girlfriends beg of me to retell my stories from a night's stay here. Will I tell you? Nope. What? Go find out for yourself or find me unwinding with a glass of Chardonnay. LOL. You won't regret it. Treat yourself and confront your fears. So her friends keep begging her to tell the story. And she won't tell them. I will not tell. Let me read this again because it's another one that's a little bit hard to... I'll slow it down. Yeah. They say it's haunted. I don't care what it is. I didn't bat an eye. Do I care? No, because all my girlfriends beg of me to retell my stories from a night's stay here. Will I tell you? Nope. Go find out for yourself or find me unwinding with a glass of Chardonnay. LOL. You won't regret it. Treat yourself and confront your fears. Go find out for yourself or find me. I think that Robin is saying that if if Robin has had some Chardonnay, then they might spill their story. Oh, I see. I, I see. Think. I see. Go find it for yourself yourself, or find me unwinding with a glass of Chardonnay. This person is a hell of a character. Absolutely. And they're saying, you should go there. You're going to be scared, but you need to confront your fears and you won't regret it. I'm not going to tell you because you need to experience this yourself. I think it's finally time for us to genuinely go somewhere haunted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time. We've talked so much about it. Absolutely. Okay. I would love to. All right. Okay. Now let's hear from Giovanni, who this is a uh, a genuine thing. And this is from, um, what's the website that we love? Hauntedplaces.org. Nice. Okay. So Giovanni says, my night at the Queen Mary was in 2008. I was walking to my assigned room when I looked in the hallway and saw this shadow running into a room. My body got full of goosebumps and I called the lady in the desk that attended me. She said... That's awkward because there was no one in that floor besides us. The fourth night, I was thirsty for water and I woke up and under the door, I saw a shadow again, but walking past the light from the hallway. I opened the door to see if there was anyone there, but it was empty. I was tired of all these shadows that I was up all night trying to see. So tired of that. If I, I was tired of... These shadows that I was up all night trying to see if I can catch anything in my phone. And then I took some pictures in the hallway and in my room. Okay. When I checked my phone through my pictures and one (laughs) video I took two pictures had an apparition of a man with a hat. Oh, no. And my video had little boys laughing and saying all aboard and running. I was frightened to hear these noises. (laughs) <laughs> next day I <laughs> next day I told the lady at the desk and she told me the story about what happened to the old ship before this replica of the Queen Mary. These were some things I experienced at the Queen Mary. And I just also want to say I live 30 minutes from the ship and my aunt works there. So my aunt probably uh, probably already had experience also. Okay. I think this Got might it. be like a 12-year-old. Yeah, I think that's a kid. Yeah. Um, especially because some of the language choices of like, I called the person at the front desk who said, okay, that's awkward. Yeah. Because there's nobody on that floor or whatever. It's like, 
<laughs> not what a person would say. Um, LOL. Well, that's pretty awkward. Oh, that, also, that picture of the dude with the hat in the picture is uh, pretty cringy. I called the lady <laughs> in the desk that attended me. That attended me. She attended me. <laughs> really? That's great. I really like it. Oh, that's stupendous. I know. Oh, so that's, that's the Queen Mary. Oh, what what complicated language. So full of typos. I know. I I'd it. forgotten that the the um, hauntedplaces.org one was like that. I remember that the first two were funny, but yeah. I forgot that that one also held its charms. I just, I love reading things that people have said. Yes. <laughs> it gets so messy. So let's jump back to, uh, to San Francisco. We're going to keep you flying up and down mm-hmm. California here. The coast. So I've, I've picked out another icon of San Francisco to take a look at. The famous prison, Alcatraz. Oh, The Rock. The Rock. Yikes. Famous inmates include Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, the Birdman of Alcatraz. Wait, Machine Gun Kelly? There's a real Machine Gun Kelly that Machine Gun Kelly... Pre- really? Yeah. That's lame. Uh, Whitey Bulger. He just stole his whole name? I guess. That's weird. That's like if there was a rapper named Whitey Bulger. <laughs> Maybe there should be. Maybe that was Eminem's original is. name. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulge. <laughs> And another famous inmate, of course, is Sean Connery. <laughs> of course. <laughs> From Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, naturally. Really. Uh, that movie's kick ass. Alcatraz is also referred to as Helcatraz. Cool. Not very creative there. It's not great. Razmataz. No, it's <laughs> No, it's not. Okay. And The Devil's Prison of America. Well, that's not very good. No, it's a long name. It's long and it doesn't really roll off the tongue. But the idea is Alcatraz is hell on earth. It's a prison. Yeah. You get locked up there if you're a criminal. It's an island, right? It's an island. Yeah. You can't, you, you'd have to swim back it's to shore. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. It's a thing in real life. It's yeah. like Azkaban. Yeah, it is like Azkaban. So here's... Rikers actually is like that too. Rikers Island. Oh, that's right. New York. Yep. Yeah, of course. So um, evidently uh, uh, later in Alcatraz's history before it closed, it was actually almost paradoxically known as a place that prisoners wanted to be transferred to. Alcatraz had a policy of one inmate per room. Which oh, well, that's that, pretty nice. Yeah, you wouldn't have threats from a, a roommate to contend with. Yeah. Also, the warden um, uh, uh, offered better food than most prisons and would let you like come back for seconds and oh, stuff. Oh, why so not, then? I mean, wanted to be there. Who cares that it's not on an island, then? Like, it's not like you're going to get out anyway, really. Yeah. And then may as well be somewhere where the accommodations are nicer. Exactly. But that was in the later days. Yeah. Early days of Alcatraz, it does sound like, like hell Horrible. Yeah. So um, I have this from history101.com. Uh, they call out the fact that evidently Spanish explorers first came across the island and decided that the the entire place just was off. Mm-hmm. They even wrote down in some of their logs that it was a, quote, bad place. Um, going on to say that they noted an eerie light emanating from the island. Huh. So maybe before cool. it was even built on. Yeah. Alcatraz Island was a bad place. It was wrong. When it first became a prison, it was cold, isolated, and the water was contaminated. There's no fresh water. You know, you're in the ocean, basically. Yeah. Um, it, there was a, a, an original lighthouse that was built. It's one of the first lighthouses, if not the first lighthouse, I think, on the West Coast, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. But eventually they tore down that lighthouse, built a new one. Hmm. But... Now we've got legends of a phantom lighthouse because it is reported that sometimes the original lighthouse will appear. According to reports on foggy nights, the old tower will appear as a shrill whistle sounds and a green light flashes slowly around the entire island. Once it circles, it disappears just as quickly as it formed. 
That's cool. Now, I hadn't even thought about this, but the the Spanish explorers said the island was glowing. Mm. And now we've got a lighthouse yeah. that suddenly appears. Like maybe the lighthouse is just now a new manifestation for right. whatever had been glowing there previously. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the modern interpretation yeah. of whatever had been there. Yeah, for sure. That's um, like, um, God, what is it? I'm trying to think. Oh, I know. Okay. So in um, the show Hellier, which is on yeah. Amazon Prime and it's also on YouTube, they at one point hear a sound that sounds like um, like a, a car fob thing, like beeping. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Like you, when you like lock your car or whatever. And they noted it. They're like, that's weird. It was when they were kind of doing an investigation, like in an isolated area. And then they were reading, I think, the Mothman Prophecies or something else by John Keel. And he talked about how in his research, he found that a lot of people who experienced strange phenomena heard the sound of a car door slamming. And so they were kind of hypothesizing, could this be like a modern interpretation of that? Like for that time, because Keel wrote that stuff, I think, in like the 70s or whatever, like they for some reason made the sound of a car door slamming and maybe the modern equivalent was like the locking of the car door yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that like because maybe it's not even necessarily that that is the sound that's being made it's like human beings that's how we interpret it in the modern era like our yeah, relationship to that phenomenon yeah right like it, basically the basic gist is like a closing or, or locking of locking of something yeah. and people heard that as closing a car door in the 70s or whatever yeah. and it's you know locking a car door now exactly and they're different sounds yeah. yeah it's interesting that's pretty interesting actually uh since you bring up hellier I, I feel like maybe we should point this out mm-hmm. we're actually next week yes uh february 25th 26th and 27th that so is we're next gonna be weekend. we'll have an update on when our actual time slot is right. for this but this is when this event is happening yes phenomena phenomena con yeah is occurring. It's on patreon.com slash paramuseum.com. Mm-hmm. Tickets are $15, I believe, to the entire event. Yep. And uh, yeah, Kristen and I are going to be speaking at this thing. Yeah. It's a virtual convention yep. all about the paranormal. Yep. So if you've seen Hellier, this is put on by Greg and Dana Newkirk, who are the owners and operators of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. And the $15 is entry to their Patreon. So obviously they hope that you stick around beyond right. this, but you could for sure enter their Patreon for $15 a month and then get access to the three-day Phenomenicon and, you know, see what else they've got going on. And there are a lot of really cool other speakers. Will and I are going to be talking about um, kind of like the the paradox of reality ghost TV with an extreme emphasis on our friend Zach Bagans. How can we not? How can we not? And um, it should be really, really awesome. So I hope that you'll join us over there. We're actually, we're on the poster for it too, which yeah. is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You can see it if you go to our Instagram too, at GTTU pod. It's only a few posts back. Yep. And uh, Kristen and I, our little headshot is there above uh, ghostly Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's next weekend, February yeah. 25, 26, 27. We'll give you our dates, uh, our times as we get them. Mm-hmm. And that's patreon.com slash paramuseum. Yes. Only 15 bucks. Make sure that you join us. That That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be awesome. And I've been a member of the Paramuseum uh, for a few years now, and I love it. Yeah. So I think you should check it out. So uh, there was also a writer um, who wrote uh, In the Realm of Ghosts and Hauntings in 2002. The writer is named E. Randall Floyd 
who said almost every guard and official who served at Alcatraz until it was shut down by Attorney General Robert Kennedy in the early 1960s experienced something out of the ordinary. Mm. Every single guard and official. Man. Um, Reports indicate that multiple times guards were called into action because of the sounds of cannon shells firing and victims screaming. The incidents that occurred were so realistic, guards were summoned to the armory, grabbed weapons, and headed outside to find nothing. There was no explanation for the noises that they heard. What the hell? Yeah. Um, the original warden of the prison was named James Johnston, and he was a, a real tough cookie. More yeah. on him. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Not a tough cookie. In my notes, I wrote a tough nugget. <laughs> literally, literally in my notes says, J- James Johnston, a tough nugget, did not really believe funny. in ghosts. Don't remember writing that. <laughs> Don't remember writing that at all. Uh, then he was giving a tour to some visitors of the prison when the unmistakable cry of a woman sounded out, quote, Uh-oh. it appeared to be coming from the walls. And as the sobs rose in volume, a cold wind swept through the room. No explanation. That's very scary. Yes. It that is. seems not good. No. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of bad things. Yeah. Uh, happened at this prison. In 1948, three inmates managed to get into the armory and take the guards hostage. Oh, God. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, 14 guards would end up wounded, two would be killed, and Marines called in to handle the situation would kill the three inmates. Oh, man. The three inmates, at a certain point, asked to surrender. But Warden James Johnston turned down their offer. Which is oh, man. essentially just saying, no, you're going to die now. Yeah, right. I'm going to have them kill you. Yeah. I'm not going to let you try to stand down. It's too late. You die. You're Isn't that not, crazy? It is crazy. You're not like punking me by just telling me the plot of The Rock or anything, are you? No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man, I really <laughs> missed an opportunity. Because I've, I've only seen The Rock like in full, I think, once. I definitely would catch it a lot when we lived together at home Like, and dad would watch it. But I don't know it well. And I know that Ed Harris is like a bad guy, but he's yeah. also a Marine, I think, in it. So that's why it just occurred to me. Could you be putting, putting me on? I really blew it. <laughs> this was a real missed opportunity, a real blunder Because I just would have been like, yeah, huh. Until you got to the Rocket Man part, you would have just had me, I guarantee. Ugh, the Rocket Man. Yeah. Um, it's So that is when there's, I don't know, Nicolas Cage has somehow armed a rocket to hurt an enemy. Yeah. And he says, have you heard the song Rocket Man? The guy's like, oh, no, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, because it's you. You're the Rocket Man. And then shoots a rocket into the man. It's probably the worst like action movie line I've ever heard. It's unbelievable i've ever heard (laughs) so there was there was another event at the prison where a quote disillusioned brigadier general francis hummel and his second in command major tom baxter okay so this is the rock yes this is the rock yeah (laughs) this was the other event yeah yeah sorry about that yeah at the end, Goodspeed tells Mason that Womack destroyed the pardon. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Mason reveals the location of the microfilm. 
boy, when you just read parts of The Rock out of context, it just sounds like every crappy 90s yeah. you know, oh, action totally. movie of yeah, all time. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can swap it in. He destroyed with... the microfilm. Oh, no. I feel like microfilm was playing much more of a role yeah. in our movies in the 90s and early 2000s than it does now. A hundred percent. A lot of movies that dad watched involved microfilm. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yes, microfilm did not make it to 2022. Mm-hmm. So th- this is back to actual stuff about sure. Alcatraz. There's something that, there's a monster. Oh, cool. In the prison. They refer to it as the thing in cell 14D. That's awesome. Sources say that guards have reported multiple terrifying encounters with spirits they could not see, but there is a reference to one thing that guards and prisoners alike report to have seen. Several sources have given accounts of bright red eyes appearing in the dark, and those people have dubbed it the thing. The most terrifying encounter with the thing stems from an inmate who was locked in the hole sometime in the 1940s. He screamed that someone was in there with him and cried that it had glowing eyes. Thinking he was making it up, the guards left him alone and eventually the inmate fell silent. They found him dead in the morning with strangulation marks on his neck. Oh, man. It's a great scary story. Yeah. There's something in here with me. And they think he's making it up to get uh-huh. him to open the door and then he's found strangled. Yeah. So I tried to verify who it was, right? Yeah. They, surely there must be some record of the surely. guy who died in, in cell 14D. Yes. Everything brought me back to this story or a version of this myth. Everything. So this is where it's like, if anybody has for some reason privileged information, like this would be a fun one to probably get verification or a distinct lack of verification of right because yeah it's a death in a prison in a particular room i feel like there are enough nuggets of like specificity yeah that we could be like no no one died in that room or at least there's no record of it you know but it certainly is a very fun story yeah and uh here's where i just tell you that alcatraz (laughs) there is so much more at Alcatraz. Oh, I almost sure. think that we could do an episode about Alcatraz. This, yeah, we could I, do that. I basically only scratched the, the surface. But those were certainly some of the bigger stories that jumped out at me. All right, sweet. Yeah. That sounds good for like a, a future thing. I'd be into that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, William, let's go for a little bit of glamour now. Ooh, the glitz glamour Hollywood, the beautiful people. That's right, La La Land. Oh, my God. Let's talk about the Chateau Marmont. Marmont. Okay, so. <laughs> that was Zoe's first word, Marmont. <laughs> <laughs> so, from the Ackroyd Files. <clears throat> <laughs> That's a show idea. Yeah. The okay. Ackroyd Files. I love the bars there. They've definitely got some spirits. Al Franken claims that he went there a week after my late partner, John Belushi, died in Bungalow 3 and John appeared to him. And Franken's pretty skeptical, but he's also quite serious. He saw a vision of him. Now, of course, skeptics would say, hypnagogic sleep and you're dreaming. We welcome the skeptical view. I've stayed in the Mormont a few times and I've never had anything happen. That's exactly what I was going to say, hypnagogic sleep. Of course. He's like, I know what you're going to say. Come on. I was going to say it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I, almost, I swear I almost said it, everybody. <laughs> so, Will, have you heard of the, of the Chateau Marmont before? Of, yeah, I've heard the name. I, yeah. I know nothing about it. It's definitely a very popular celebrity hangout. Yeah. In particular, Lindsay Lohan lived there for a period. Oh, really? Racked up a crazy, crazy bill. And I believe got evicted, basically, like kicked out. Um, Apparently, it was basically built and conceived as a place for celebrities to be able to misbehave without the public seeing them. Because I've, I've actually never heard of this before. There was something called the Motion Picture Code back in like the golden age of Hollywood that controlled how celebrities behaved yeah, off camera like in the, the public the, eye. The Hayes Code type stuff, right? 
I never thought about it or heard yeah. about it or something. I mean, I knew that it would be, you know, poo-pooed and you yeah. want to keep up a certain image, but I didn't really think about a code. But so with all these like regulations on the line for deals that they ha- – because also there'd be like you have a deal with MGM for five movies yeah, or whatever. So they would have all these rules placed on them to keep their reputation up. Um, stars really wanted a place to like misbehave uh like discreetly and the chateau marmont kind of catered to that so actually the president of columbia pictures at the time whose name was harry cohen once said if you must get into trouble do it at the chateau marmont wow so they would get together they would like drink i must get into trouble i simply must get into trouble um, Betty Davis almost burned down the Chateau Marmont. No. I read. She was like hanging out with everybody, drinking, having a good time, went back to her room, put on one of her own movies, <gasps> lit a cigarette, fell asleep, and like burned her bungalow. Oh my there was God. somebody who was ne- in the bungalow next door and yeah. they were aware of it, so they like, got her out of there. And um, I think she went there one more time and there was another like minor mishap and she just never went again. She was like, all right, screw it. Forget it. I don't really need this. So not to not to to try to compete with Betty Davis, Mm. but I went to Starbucks the other day and uh, wow, what is this going to be? There's a there's a there's a one of the the people at, at Starbucks, I think, knows the show or knows my writing or something. And so I was like, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh-huh. They, I, don't, I don't understand how Starbucks staffing works. Seems like there's an entirely different cast of people. <laughs> well, there's like morning versus afternoon shift. No, for like weeks at a time. It's oh, like I, I see, know. you know, these people and then someone new. It's crazy. Who knows? Anyway, it was this guy who I think knows my stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of, when I got up to the window, was like, oh, hey. And I was like, what was it? Kind of like a weird reaction that I realized I was listening to Guide to the Unknown. <laughs> I was listening to my own show. Nice. Which you, you got to do. Yeah, totally. You got you to gotta spot check these yep. things and make sure that it sounds right. Yeah. So I, but I, I wasn't just listening to it to enjoy it. Yeah, right, point, right. But it sure right. looked like I was. You need to ask this. Well, next time you see him, ask him, like, do you know me from somewhere? Because, like, there's a familiarity. Like, I will never ask that question. William, you got to find out whether it's just that you're a Starbucks regular or it's that he knows you from something. No, somebody, you know, because somebody asked me like what I write or what I do or something. I had mm-hmm. some conversation about making things. Yeah. So it certainly is the the work. But oh, you, it's had, undeniably... you had this conversation with this guy? Yeah, yeah. He, he like knows. Oh, okay. I can't, I don't remember if it was Guide to the Unknown or writing. Okay. But also when your own, when somebody comes up to the window and their own voice is coming out of the speakers, whether or not you know they have a show, it's weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I agree. It's weird. I was saying it's a separate thing. I want right. to know what this guy, I'm thinking of the story that you told on what the you show me weeks ago. No, Quick like. question. Do you recognize me? William said, I believe on the show, that he was at Starbucks and this guy was like, oh, hey, like he knew him and he wondered if it was from the show or something. Right. And we've never found out what the case is, whether it was that it's from the show or because you go to Starbucks all Uh, the time. Maybe maybe I left out. Maybe I just haven't given you updates on it. Because at a certain point. At a certain, I can't remember because there are two people. Uh huh. Somebody asked me like what I was working on. Oh, okay. Or something, some indication of like familiarity with the fact that I make things. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So it was you. It's me. Will Rogers, the brand they recognized. Yeah, they recognized me. That's cool. Look at me. Very neat. Look at you. Would you look at me? 
Well, you should get into the Chateau Marmont, see what's going on there. Yeah. Like Angela Bassett did. Oh. Angela Bassett at one point, at one point, asked the front desk if someone had cleaned her room in the middle of the night. The front desk begrudgingly responded, no. Bassett, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Bassett told the story that she had left her clothes and jewelry out of sorts before going to bed, but once she awoke, everything had been put away neatly and things were tidy. No explanation was available other than that she had a tidy ghost. Oh, I have I have something similar. Oh, do tell. Can I interrupt you with it? Please. So I have one of my stories here is um, uh, from the Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco, the ghost of room 410. Mm-hmm. You've heard of room 237. Sure have. We've all spent the night in room 1408. Oh my God, you you wrote this, I wrote right? This, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, just wait until you hear what might happen if you stay the night in room 420 at the... I can't read. If you stay the night in room 410 of the Queen Anne Hotel. Oh, no. At some point, the Queen Anne Hotel had been an exclusive boarding school. They say that the mistress of the school, one Miss Mary Lake, had been having an affair with a senator who funded the building of the mansion, James Slippery Jim Fair. Ew. He was very slippery. He was covered in oil. not loving Slippery Jim. He was covered in butter or something, I guess. I don't know. Mary Lake denied the rumors, but to no avail, they hounded her until her death. At some point, the the mansion changed hands. It became the headquarters of a secret society that studied astrology. It was even a brothel at one point. These days, it's a hotel. But if you ever stay in room 410, you better be prepared for the rest of your life. They say the ghost of Mary Lake might unpack your suitcases for you tuck you in and sing you to sleep (laughs) i was there with unpack my suitcases i was gonna say like all right i'm going to room 410 but i don't want to be tucked in and sung to sleep (laughs) they specifically said that she'll tuck your feet in which makes it sound like only your feet what you know like the like it's all bunched up (laughs) around your ankles and toes but it's like firmly tucked (laughs) just real weird uh and she'll sing to you while you sleep WildSFTours.com even says one time somebody fell asleep on the floor and the ghost of Mary like grabbed some blankies and tucked him in. And then I wrote, terif- <laughs> I thought it was going to say terrifying. That Mary, Mary like, like levitated him onto the bed. Ooh. Whoa. 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 <laughs> oh, this is quite nice. <sighs> yeah. Go to sleep. <laughs> I want you to get sleep. <laughs> You'll feel better when you rest. <laughs> they didn't say that she knew how to sing. They said that she does sing. <laughs> rest your eyes while you rest your head. <laughs> Have sweet dreams, my little brand new friend. <laughs> That's a great lullaby. Mm, I sing that to Zoe every night. <laughs> Wait, let me find the lullaby that I wrote for Zoe. I have it as a video in my phone. Hold on. <laughs> let me find it. Uh, long. Oh okay, God. here it is. Let's see. That was fast. Yeah. I went to the videos tab. Okay. Future lullaby for Zoe that I don't want to forget. Get on deep bed, the comfy bed. It feels so good to lay and rest your head. You repeat it. <laughs> you repeat it. Yeah. That was from August 14th, 2021 at 9.45 p.m. Wow. <laughs> you were singing it to yourself or something. You're like, oh, I'll play this to Zoe. <laughs> I didn't want to forget. Well, of course not. 
Oh, God. All right, All right anyway, so, sorry. No, please. So tidy ghosts left and right at these California <laughs> hotels. <so> stupid. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, here's a ghost that was, you know, pr- they were probably messy in life. No. Because rock stars are notoriously messy in hotel rooms. They are. Uh, there was a man researching a book on the doors um, who was in his suite in a room that the band had stayed in back in the 60s. He awoke to the sounds of a party. Once he opened the window to see where the noises were coming from, he quickly realized the noises were in his room and all around him. Ooh. He was quite disturbed and left the hotel in the middle of the night. That's awesome. That actually. is pretty awesome. Yeah. To be like, what's that? Those like damn kids having a party. And then you're like, no, it's all around me in here. It's so crazy to think of a sound not coming from a particular source. Yeah. If you just realize that it's just filling the room and there's mm-hmm. not a speaker. Right. It would almost drive you crazy. Oh, totally. To Yeah, I want to find the origin point of yeah. the sound. It's really, really weird. Because if you think about it, most sounds, like you even start to just look in the direction they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like you ever try to, yeah. like a smoke detector needs a new battery, so yep. it's doing that chirping thing. Mm-hmm. You follow the sound. Yes. You can, you can locate the source of a sound relatively easily. Right. Or the me idea... 1,000 times a day doing the iPhone locator on my watch. Yeah, exactly. That makes it make a sound so you can go find it. A hundred percent. So the idea of just being in a room and it's just full of sound and you can't locate. Like I really, that genuinely feels like, you know, they say like if you go into a room mm-hmm. that like a, a padded room that has no sound, you might like right. lose your mind after 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That sounds crazy. It sounds like a hallucination. Yeah. Like you're generating the sound. Your brain is giving you something to listen to. I feel right. like that would genuinely drive you a little nuts. Yeah, I think it probably would. Um, and so the last thing I'll say about the Chateau Marmont is just kind of touching back on Al Franken's experience. Just a very like quick um, elaboration on it. So he apparently went to the Chateau a week after John Belushi passed and he stayed in the same bungalow. He awoke late at night from a fitful sleep to see the ghostly figure of John Belushi standing over him. John, he called out, but by the time he got his glasses on, John had disappeared. Wow. Yes. And and Al Franken himself tells that story? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, he said that happened, and he also said that he stopped doing drugs uh, when after John Belushi died because it was like a wake-up call. And this happened just a couple of weeks after? Yeah, like a week after. So, hold on. What? If you were, if he, if he was going like cold turkey or something, I don't know. I don't know. Anything. Oh, I mean, I don't know about the timeline of when he stopped doing drugs know, or anything. Just, These are completely unrelated anecdotes. I understand. I'm just yeah. a skeptic brain sure. says. Sure. He was either on drugs mm-hmm. or very recently off drugs. Could be. And says he saw a ghost. Could be. I, I don't know anything of the timeline. I, and I know nothing about drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I don't know about Al Franken too much. There's plenty I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But the skeptic brain always goes, because you want to think like people are, like he was a senator. Yeah. So you want to think that he's. He also made some. Oh, certainly. Yeah. But you want to think that there's some credibility to the things he says at least. Yeah, you hope. You know, like we should get like a list of senators that believe in ghosts. Well, we (laughs) did the White House. Disqualifying. Yeah. We did the White House ghost thing. Like we did two episodes back to back that were like political ghosts. Ghosts. Yeah, that's so. True. There that are some. There are presidents who believed in ghosts. Yeah, you know. All right, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. what? Did, like somebody saw Abraham Lincoln. Who's like? Oh, I think a lot of people. Have... Salutations, my dear boy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, ah! Tip of the giant cap. No, no. 
So I have one teeny tiny urban legend to share. You're going to you. take us on home. It's, so it's very yeah. enjoyable. It's Beautiful. not a big story by any stretch, but it's very fun. Yeah. The Golden Gate Park Ghost. Mm. There is an urban legend. This comes from onlyinyourstate.com. There is an urban legend that will spook almost anyone. Apparently, if you drive Golden Gate Park at night with your headlights off, a police officer will pull you over and give you a ticket. Okay. Now, I thought that was where it ended. Yeah. It is is, sounds is like that a little, just like a dumb joke? It sounds yeah. like a little like... Dun, 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 dun. Right. Like, what a silly... Like a way to end an article about yeah. scary places. If you drive without your headlights on, the cops will pull you over. Yeah, right. But no, it actually continues. However, when you file the ticket, it shows that the cop doesn't exist. Oh, that's cool. So it's a phantom officer. He'll yeah. pull you over. He'll write you a ticket. It all see like, and you're probably in your head being like, oh, I screwed up or whatever. Right. But no, this guy doesn't. Exist. Yeah. He's a ghost. Imagine the relief that washes over you when you realize you don't have to pay that fine. And then the fear that rushes over you when you realize that you encountered a good, good, good <laughs> And also ghost. you're holding a tangible ghost ticket. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I, I think it's so funny to me because there are so many ways that you could interpret this, you mm-hmm. know? It could be that somebody is is like being silly. Yeah. And and pretending to be an officer. That's not silly. That's scary. <laughs> think about it. Yeah. What kind of person is pulling over people and like they have the tickets yeah. and stuff? They're like going through all the motions. They're like, all right, sit tight. They go back to the car and like pretend to like Just do whatever the hell there. they're doing in there. Yeah. <laughs> sit there and yeah. That's terrifying. It yeah, might be scarier than a ghost. Like who the hell was that guy? Yeah, you're right. Unless the point is to like prank people. Because yeah. I guess what I was thinking was like now that this rumor is out there, you know, um, somebody might go in specifically to drive with their headlights off. And there yeah. could be, you know, a merry prankster. Right. <laughs> That you know, waits yeah, for people to try to do start. that, and then plays the role of the the, mm-hmm. the ghost cop. Yeah, but like you have to imagine that if this story were real, and of course it's not, nothing, yeah. nothing's real. Um, it would probably be somebody whose headlights had blown out. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it became a legend of you have your headlights off. Right, that was the distinctive part of the story. Right. So that's like what's easily recreatable. Because who's making a choice to initially go in there with their headlights off in the dark? Yeah, I don't know. But the fact again, the up to is, no good, maybe the circumstances lined up. A ghost came out. And now mm-hmm. we find the way to repeat the experiment theoretically. Right. But um, definitely just like a fun little uh, uh quirky sort yeah. of urban legendy ghost story. Yeah, totally. It reminds me of it's not the same thing, but it reminds me of like the Devil's Tree legend in New Jersey. Yes. Like you know, just anything about being like chased by a car right. or if you pursued. drive past the Devil's Tree, mm-hmm. a black SUV might drive and, and like, like chase you. Yeah, start chasing you away because you're not supposed to be there. That's right. Which Will and I did not experience when we went to the Devil's Tree. Did not experience, so, yeah. Debunked. Yeah. With my Squashed. giant stamp. Yes. Yeah. Um, I even went there as a teenager mm-hmm. once, and the people that I was with, uh, one of them was too scared. So we actually turned back before anything <laughs> bad happened. So was we the were same sort person of chased who, away. Who got, yeah, by yourselves. Was it the same person who got scared when you were sitting on the roof and you brought up aliens? <laughs> no, but that was great. That was <laughs> awesome. Just because I haven't told that story in a thousand years, I'm just going to tell it for anybody who's like maybe new to the show, hasn't of done course. the back catalog. So I was in the pool. With one of my friends and like, you know, a thousand people, you know, might do. We were just sort of like, it was like the end of the day. It was dark. We're just floating around. I thought you were sitting on the roof. No. Oh, okay. Looking up at the stars. And I ask a very familiar, common question. I go, do you think it is possible that there's life out there somewhere? I think it's possible that aliens might exist. I wasn't asking like, ooh, like maybe an alien's around a tree. I was asking in like... 
you know, the statistical, the, the unlimited quantities of space and all the planets out there. Could there be a planet that's inhabited? Could be. Is there life outside of Earth? <laughs> and it was quiet for a while. And I heard my friend go, um, can we go inside? <laughs> like me just floating a hypothetical <laughs> scared him That's so and we funny. had we had to go in we had to get out of the pool and go inside <laughs> like, we're like 15 yeah. you know although i th- i uh, correct me if i'm wrong this is a callback just to only last week was this the same friend that you um were going to have a sleepover with in the crawl space of the house yeah yeah and then decided not to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> At that time, I scared myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I told that, that hilarious it... story to be like, isn't that silly? Yeah. And uh, so like chickenish. And then I'm like, oh, Kayako. <laughs> <laughs> Kayako could be anywhere. She could be anywhere. She could be anywhere. <laughs> Freaking out. I've been thinking about that girl in the gap thing all week. Isn't it great? Yeah. It's awesome. Actually, I um, it's it's coming out. I'm not sure when, but kind of soon. Um, I guested on the podcast Books in the Freezer, which is an awesome podcast all about horror books. And the host, Stephanie, asks what your chilling obsession of the week is. And I said the girl in the gap story and that I just keep picturing little faces wherever there's a space mm-hmm. anywhere in my home. Yeah. I'm just thinking about Even it. Even the entire time we, where we've been, while we've been doing this very episode, when I look at you, I look at this door to the unfinished part of the basement over there. Maybe the we more, should close that door. The more unfinished part of the basement. Mm-hmm. It's just barely cracked open. And every time I look at it, I imagine, what if, what if someone was looking at me? <laughs> Kristen, you're now on board with my fear. You realize this is why I like the grudge and like like what I've been afraid of <laughs> my whole been life. Like is anti that fear. The idea of somebody just peeking at you. Yeah. You know, something like a face Freaky. in the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I've always understood that being scary. I just don't think about it very often generally, but yeah. I've been thinking about it this week. This time it gotcha. I it got me. It literally all the time. And then our our mommy was the girl in the gap to me one day <laughs> for right. real last week. I <laughs> <laughs> I went outside to get the mail and I took too long and her mom was worried about me. So she like peered around the corner. So when I came in, mom's face was just like in the stairwell. And I was like, ah, yeah. uh, the girl in the gap. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It is, it is scary. We should look up some girl in the gap stories. Yeah, absolutely. Like exercise this fear. Yeah. You know? right. All right, everybody. Well, All that right. does it for our West Coast exploration. Yes. Once again, thank you to people in California for enjoying Guide to the Unknown. We greatly yeah. appreciate it. And we maybe- hope you like this episode. Maybe it was fun. Totally. Maybe you even learned something new about San Francisco, Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Who knows? Please consider sharing this episode if this is your kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like we were maybe uh, extra silly. Here yeah, maybe. A couple of times. Maybe. Yeah. But, but but hey, I had a great time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So we'll be back next week for more uh, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Until then, make sure you check out gttupod.com, the home of all things Guide to the Unknown, links to our merchandise, previous episodes of the show. Go to patreon.com slash pod if you enjoy what we're doing here and you want to back us. Yeah. You want to lend your support to what we're up to. For your efforts, you're going to get access to a bunch of bonus shows. Just this past Monday, we released an exclusive show that was all, um, uh, 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 what did we do? <laughs> we went through Reddit threads oh, yeah. that were like... <laughs> Yeah, actually, actually, this is somewhat paranormal. This is somewhat in keeping with what we did this episode where like we are looking at individual places Mm -hmm. here 
And Kristen and I, on this most recent Netherworld Dispatch, went to Reddit right. to see what is scaring people in Reddit right now. So we visited some of these specific groups, these subreddits they're called, mm-hmm. about ghosts, about two-sentence horror stories, scary artwork. We look at it together. You can see it in a video version as well. Yep. Um, it was super fun. And quite frankly, the kind of show that like I... I really think that could be a format itself. Like, oh, I yeah. Wanna, I want to keep doing that. Me too, because it constantly refreshes, so there's no shortage of new stuff to talk about. A hundred percent. So that's out right now on patreon.com slash gttupod. Mm-hmm. I screwed up the artwork, so we decided to honor my mistake. Yep. That episode is available for everybody who starts on the ghost tier, mm-hmm. which begins at $4 and up per month. Yep. If you become a demon which starts at $13 a month, you get an exclusive show every single week. For the lower tiers, there's a a monthly option or an every other week option. But Mm -hmm. those demons, they get it all. It's all for you. Absolutely. It's all for you, demons. And we've got dozens and dozens of bonus episodes over there already for you to comb through the archives and have fun. Even for the ghost tier, there are a ton of previous episodes and you also get access to our patron only discord which is super cool we have tons of different channels in there it's basically a chat room that's divided up into different categories and for instance right now um people are talking about the fact that roger l jackson who voices ghostface also voiced Mojo Jojo yeah. from the Powerpuff Girls. That's right, Mojo Jojo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is all waiting for you over at patreon.com slash pod. And thank you so much to our existing donors. It means the world. Thank you. Yeah, thank you all so much. Make sure you also follow at pod on all social media. That's mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Kristen's got a big TikTok about the Real Housewives that's doing pretty damn well. Yeah, I know. So go check that out. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week for more. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. And PhenomenaCon. And PhenomenaCon. Come yeah. back next week for PhenomenaCon. That's right. We're going to be in that. Yeah, we are. I can't we'll wait. We're talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that we get to do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.